Hello, everyone. This is Stephanie Ghostin Paul, your host for the Take Nothing When I Die podcast. The Take Nothing When I Die podcast amplifies and celebrates the wisdom and genius of people who've managed multiple careers in one lifetime. Welcome back to the podcast, y'all. This is Take Nothing When I Die. I am your host, Stephanie Ghostin Paul. And Happy Black History Month. It should be a whole year, but I digress. You have made it to episode five with the talented, wonderful, exquisite Jordan Hales. Now y'all, not only was this episode so much fun to have, Jordan was just a phenomenal guest. I really appreciated the emotional depth and the candor with which she shared. But before we get all the way into it, let me make sure y'all know who you're about to listen to. So I'm going to get her official bio and details in right now. Jordan Hales is a human being made in Alabama, educated in Atlanta, a former Southerner in New York, and a current hippie in Portland, Oregon. That part made me laugh a little bit. If she could make up a title for herself, it would be Director of Intellectual Creativity and Visionary Art, who leads inventions, comedic writing, and dance parties at all of the places all of the time. She founded the Radical Brand Lab. You can hear more about that and connect with her at jordanhills.com. Now, tune in for a funny, hilarious, and fun and also informative educational episode. I know you'll enjoy it. All right, we have Jordan Hale here. We're so excited to have her. And um, I can't wait to have this conversation. She's looking good. Look at those earrings. See, like I don't even have earrings in. For the people, for the people. For the people, she's doing it for the people. She's doing it for me. And I really- For all of us. Um, So we're going to just jump right in. First and foremost, I want to know where in the world you are. And I also want to know how are you doing? And like the for real, for real, not the like, oh, I'm good, but blah, blah, blah. Like, no, (laughs) how are you for real, for real doing? Okay. So location, I feel like I'm somewhere in outer space. That's, That's where I feel. That's my actual like location. Like if I were to tell you like a city and a state and a country, I think that would be a lie. I'm just like somewhere out there you know, okay. in those okay. streets. Out there um, in the streets. Yeah. In those streets. In yeah. those in those alien universe streets. Somewhere out there. You know okay. what I mean? Definitely. And it's like the earth is like, but you agreed to be on the earth and I'm like, but it's real pretty out here. And the earth is like, but you could come back though. And I'm like, but nah. And then I feel like the earth's gonna be like, you know, you know, pretty soon I'm gonna have to demand that you come back and I'll be like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they're, they're doing some audits down here, and you're you're missing the action. So I'm just like, you know, the signal is out. So be careful. I saw, I saw it was it was some type of a meme. Somebody was like doing a Yelp review of Earth, and they, and they said, I do not recommend. It is very ghetto. And I, I saw that. I saw that one. That one, and there was another one. I I think I saw it today or last night. I don't think I hallucinated this. It was like, it was a government agency that has this campaign about babies. Have you seen this? They have like a spokesperson. So like they want babies to lay on their stomachs, not their backs. Or they want like all this thing around childhood, like education for parents. And the baby, they have a, a little baby representative saying like, um please help me it smells like old salads here make sure i lie on my what like i have to i will link this in the show notes it's very relevant um and i i need you to see this i need you to see this baby i I just need you to see it oh my god i feel this baby so much i feel this baby like old salads it smells like old salad it does um so how am i doing in the for real like how real real are we going are we going like i'm a black woman and yeah I okay all right okay yeah. so, social political <clears throat> really everything community all the things yeah all the things okay so how am I doing um my period is acting weird hmm. so I would just like to give my period a shout out so maybe you could give his like 
get his life together. together. I think he's mad at me because I haven't been talking about it enough. Um, and um, so that, you know, has been a resulting like hormonal shift in, you know, uh, crazy, horny, angry, that, that triad, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if you, you, you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I do have a good lipstick. So it's beautiful. Now that has got me feeling like, oh, sis, don't even have to put on any other makeup because it's popping. It's popping. So that's like, oh, that's not a triangle. That's just like a steady, like, oh, I'm just like here. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But then my pedicure, Mm. it's about two weeks old and see. When you turn 33, your toes turn 33 with you. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And they don't stay young. They get okay. They don't, they don't. They get older. And so I used to not be able to relate to the ashy heel phenomenon, you know, where the heel, no matter how much lotion you put on it, it gets ashy in like two seconds. But now, you know, now I know. Mm. And so it's like, well, it's not quite time for another pedicure but there's some type of moisture treatment that needs to be had like I just I just want my feet to be as fabulous as my lipstick you see yeah, what I'm saying? I got you I so got that's you. like you know where am I in the world I'm getting older you know I you know at this point I feel like the apocalypse is pretty certain which is oddly liberating for me like okay well bump it <laughs> let's just live do what life. you need to do do what, do what you, need. you need to do civil war yeah. then apocalypse like we're yeah we're 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 there for sure do you see what i'm saying so i'm feeling oddly liberated within the disaster as my period leaks and ebbs leaks and ebbs as i wear a fabulous lipstick with toes that could use a little bit of moisturization that's how i feel Mm, okay i think that is the most descriptive how are you doing and i appreciate it i appreciate it i appreciate it i really do and the listeners do too they say thank you already how how are you doing you You know i'm gonna i'm gonna do real real too i'm gonna do real real um i just came off of a retreat and it was like it was it really was like drinking out of fire hose like so Mm. much information so much connection so much so many emotions so I feel emotionally drained but also really full in a weird way I also Mm -hmm. just had some Hattie B's damn is hot spicy chicken so it's it's moving it's starting to move and so there's that and was it good it was bad it was was it's delicious it was delicious it was delicious to, it's flavorful it's not the, the so there's all these levels like shut the cluck up that's the that's <laughs> the most spicy level so we, we we went right under we did um damn hot or something like that so right under there so it's pretty spicy so that's that's moving um and, and i already told you i'm gonna need some wine after this um mm-hmm. to, to to help it through and actually I'm excited because I'm having a new relationship with my calendar I'm just like we entered a new phase of our courtship and I'm I'm really liking this phase I really am and it's forced me to because you know as I have guests sign up and do all this stuff I've got to stay up on my calendar and also think about what else I'm not putting on there that's part of that so like travel time or like prep like it's not like I'm gonna rush and like show up and be on this podcast I really have to like ease into things so it's making me have a different relationship than I'm than I'm used to because before I could be like busy all day every day but like have nothing on there but now it's like oh prep for travel time to you know and like you know I'm, I, I'm a talker so the the event when it ends it's not really over so it's not like helpful to put that on your calendar but now I need to because people might be trying to call in and do, so yeah new courtship hot chicken full but empty yeah that's that's how I'm feeling full but empty I love full. it like I I could I don't think I could cry another tear if I want like something really bad could happen and I just won't have any tears left I have none. <laughs> I think I really think I I'm I'm depleted of tears. 
we're gonna have to get you one of those little eye drops so you could just have that one the one, one sol the one, the one single solitary and then you gotta let it roll all the way down too just like down your neck and then it's like making that mark on your shirt and it makes it to your pants like i've been, i've been there it's real sad it's sad but we digress thank you for we telling digress. me how you actually are and again it's we ask this question all the time and half the time we don't even want the answer and the other half the time we're just lying about how we are so thank you for being honest and we're going to jump into the rest of the questions if that's cool let's do it jump on all in. right so we're going to start on a scale of one to ten one is like hated it ten is like love it how much do you dislike the question what do you do negative 203.69 okay yeah so dislike and then tell us why why don't you like that question and that's also flipped. So it was hard for me to answer that. But I think there are several reasons why I don't like that question. One has to do with the intention and the energy of the person. There's some times when asking what you do can be a perfectly normal segue into a perfectly normal and maybe even great conversation. But I picked up really early on that especially with Americans and especially, especially on the East Coast, shout out to New York, Shout out to DC, shout out to Atlanta. Um, that what do you do is really, um, where do you work? And is that a place that has more or less prestige than where I work? And is that an approximation for how much money you make? Because I want to see how much money it is that you make. Are you worth me talking to? Because I think after I ask you that question, I'll be able to determine whether or not this needs to go any further. And then sometimes, um, in the worst case scenario, it's accompanied with the up-down look, you know. Mm -hmm. And and then, kind of to your other point, like, it's not even a question that they really want the answer to, right? So it's like a very quick consumption of the answer, like, yes, this could get me X, Y, Z, or no, this could not get me xyz and then play out another automated role based on that so it's like i'm entering into this automated conversational breakdown mm. and it doesn't feel organic it doesn't feel real you know and the thing that i most enjoy in life is when i'm able to stand next to another human being and feel like oh this is real real like this is real 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 like i can hear their heartbeat you know what I mean? Like they might not have even told me their deepest secrets, but like this is like a real, a real human person, you know. Um, and then also in experiencing moving to Portland, Oregon, that was the first time that I could go somewhere that was relatively corporate, and someone would not ask me what I do. They would ask me what I was interested in, something hippie esque. You know, mm -hmm. and that was cute. That was cute. I was not expecting that because I had lived in, well, I don't know what Alabamians ask people. That's where I'm really from, from Mobile, Alabama. But, you know, <laughs> you know, being in New York and Atlanta, like, it was hardcore. Like, what do you do? Yeah. And that had, that had consequences. You know what I mean? Like that heavy of a, of a word, you know? Um, and so I was kind of caught off guard then in Portland, like, well, oh, what am I interested in? Heck, I don't even remember what I'm interested in. I've been saying this corporate stuff for so long, you know, where corporate is just a stand in for, you know, all things professional. Um, but then on the other hand, when I was building my business and I was super thirsty, um, then sometimes I didn't mind saying, you know, what I did because you never know if that might lead to an opportunity or not. So. I could probably go on and write a whole thesis on on my feelings thesis, on this question. Thesis coming soon. Thesis and mixtape coming soon. Thesis and mixtape coming soon. <laughs> so, okay, so you, you gave us a little bit. In, in Portland, they started to ask some slightly different questions that you also liked. Um, if you could choose a question, like instead of what do you do, what do you actually want to be asked? And then go ahead and answer that for us. That is a wonderful question, and I really appreciated it. Um, and I wrote down some things, so I'm going to read them. Um, I would like to be asked, did you drink your three liters of water today? <laughs> I 
I would like to be asked, have you gone on a walk outside? Um, want to take a dance class? Ooh. Want to dance? Want to go on a date? Um, what are you making? What do you want to make? How can I help? Or just the question, how can I help? Um, want to do a breathing exercise together? Ooh. Um, and on the on the big end, do you want a free ticket around the world? Yes, I do. <laughs> the answer is yes. And, and then here, another one would be, here's a mic. What would you like to speak on? Mm. So I kind of went outside of the traditional balance yeah. of conversation, but you know, I need reminders to get my health right, you know, yeah. and I hate to say it, but I'm kind of, I need support right now. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? To, to, to be on my path and stuff. And um, I always want to dance. There's never a moment where I don't want to dance unless you smell bad. And then that's the only time. And then I'll be like, you dance over there and I'll be here. But you're still dancing. So, so did you drink your water today your three liters that's the question i didn't i did. did it you better get on thank you okay we're getting on it <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up <sighs> this one was really hard um at first i wrote down i want to be a nice person but then i was like no i don't that's a lie i don't really want to be nice because i want to get shit done and you can't always be a nice person and get shit done, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I arrived at this answer. I want to be a person who breathes regularly before answering mm. and is unbothered, but still very much alive. I love that. That's I what I want to do. I love that. Oh, say that again. Someone who breathes regularly. So a person who breathes regularly before answering. And a person who is unbothered, but still very much so alive. I love that. I love that because I I heard this, um, and I, I, I will admit, I don't really know what the term means, but um, I was listening to this. It was a summit on Black wisdom. And there was an expert on there talking about um, the difference between being like, I don't care about anything versus being in a state of equanimity. So I don't know what equanimity actually means. I'll have to look mm -hmm. that up. But Let's the way that, yeah, I'll, I'll have to look it up. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. And I think it's Buddhist. It's like a Buddhist state of being. But basically they were describing how their family member had called and was in this emergency and was like, so-and-so is going through this and this is so bad and blah, blah, blah. We need help. And like, should we do, can you help me with money and da, da, da. And it wasn't that she didn't care. It was that she was like, I, I, this is not my problem. And so, and when asked about the difference between the two, she's like, I still, I always check myself. Like, am I still feeling? If I'm still feeling, I'm going to say the equanimity. If I'm like, I don't care, I'm numbing, I don't feel anything, then I know I'm in trouble. So when you said that, I was just thinking about that, like, unbothered, busy, booked, but also, like, taking care of business. Like, right. dealing with the business that is yours and staying out of the things that are not. Exactly. I... I feel that I think there's so much wisdom in the short story that you just shared because one of the coping mechanisms to a lot of input is to completely numb out. But a state of being numbed out is anti to a state of aliveness. Yeah. You know, because you could be very unbothered because you know you're dead and sinking. You know what I mean? So you just yeah. you don't care anymore because you know it's it's all done. And that's that's not it. You know, I want to be able to move from one thing to the next and just you know, and glide. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. That made me just like, I also, I also ascribe to be, not describe, I'm going to say describe. I want to describe myself. I want to ascribe to be, subscribe, whatever. I would we like to be a subscribe and we're going to subscribe. subscribe. That's what we're going to do. Both and then things. I will be described as a person as correct. <laughs> who takes a breath before 
answering. And I always feel like those people are very profound, but also they're really for real, for real thinking. And I, I just got, it's so funny you said that I was doing a training with this group and this woman said that she was, a, she, she went to Quaker school and they practice silence. So like the, a question would be asked, she would legit take like 30 seconds, which is not, it's not a lot of time, but it is because, you know, we go back and forth and we like listen to, to talk and, and she would just be like, like that wasn't even five seconds. And it was, it was weird. Like that was, yeah, I can feel it. It was weird. But, um, Quaker school taught her. They, t- they like told them they needed to wait. They need to sit in silence for 30 seconds before they answer. So you telling me what I hear you saying is that. Go to Quaker school. Yeah, I'm about to go to Quaker school. Go and that's school. where, okay. Okay. Well, Quaker let me school. get my master's in attending Quaker school. And in silence, get your master's in silence. That's, you will stand out. So speaking of silence, have you ever heard of Vipassana meditation? I have. I want to do one. So for those of you who don't know what that's about, um, Stephanie, um, Stephanie and I, I don't know if you've ever done one, Stephanie, but you basically make a promise, uh, a 10 day vow of silence. And this is not silent yet. I'm going to go and read my book. No, this is silence and meditation Yeah, yeah. for 10 days. And you're in service of some kind and you're contributing to the community that where you're doing the Vipassana meditation. So you might be on cleaning kitchens, you might be on um, rock grooming, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's a better description of Vipassana meditation, but you know. I think you hit it. That's the beginning. I, I haven't actually done one. I, I want, I'm committing to doing something in the realm next year. I feel like this year was like healing and connection and next year um, like hyper-focus. And as part of that, I had looked at some, and I was particularly looking at ones that were just for people of color and maybe just for black folks too. Um, Cause I find that I'm still trying to figure out where, which spaces, which spaces can I go to, to be like vulnerable and open in that way. Um, such that I don't have to heal as much from the healing space that I sometimes find myself in. So 2020, we'll be doing it we'll be doing it. So we'll talk about that too. Yeah. Okay. So Jordan, you've done lots of things, all the things, many of the things. Um, Mm -hmm. and I can, I was just thinking back to when we first met on the, it was something like this. We were on video, uh, which was actually, I think we first met on phone and then we got to video. So yes. As you think about all the things that you are doing, all the things that you have done, have there been some sort of common thread throughout what you've been up to? How have you like packaged that or put that together? And what what was that process like? And I asked this question because I found it and I've heard that sometimes it's hard to let other people know what you're doing and how like you talking about your pedicure is related to like your period, which is related to your, the radical brand lab. Like they all go together. And yet, sometimes we have to connect the dots for people. So again, what's the common thread? If there's one, um, how did you? How do you package it? How do you talk about it? And what is what has the process of putting that all together been like? Oh man, again, another thesis, another thesis. So it's it's been nothing short of crazy. Yeah, and, and at the same time, it could all be so simple. Well, first of all, let's talk about some of the things that I've done. Right? Let's just go there. Right? So. I've had 25 life crises in the span of a decade, right? Um, I got into medical school, an early acceptance medical school program, decided not to go. Um, Like, went through college, very confused, um and graduated really still not knowing much more about who I was other than I knew I wanted to make things and that it was all these different things that I wanted to make. You know, I mean, like, you know, people would ask me, what do I want to do? Well, you know, I have this idea and I want to make it and blah, 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 blah. That that was really my only answer, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I thought that my next job, so I leased apartments for a little while and I thought that I did it out of sheer desperation because 
I hadn't lined up anything after college. Like I was like, okay, I'm not going to medical school. So what's next? Mm. Don't know. Right. I could have applied to get like a really cool consulting job. Like a lot of my friends did, didn't do it. Right. I just walked up to my leasing agent and was like, Hey, do you have a job? And ended up getting it like super simple, super easy. It was weird. And, um, and then what else have I done? Then I hated that job. I hated it with like every part of my being. Um, and that was mostly my ego because I could have learned a lot. I could have mm. really learned a lot at that job because I do have interest in real estate and I do have interest in running multi-unit um, properties, you know. But my ego was just like, I went to this type of school and I'm supposed to be a doctor and I'm not supposed to be doing this and blah, 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 blah. You know, that was so much chatter in my head that I couldn't really hear the truth of anything, if that makes sense, you know. I used my distaste for the job that I had, plus my desire to see a boyfriend who moved far away, plus a love of languages to then start doing a language learning thing. And so that entailed both teaching mainly adults um, conversational Spanish, but then also I invented a language learning method and was in the process of um, developing the logic for a piece of language learning software. That I just, I just want to pause it. here. Um, cause yeah. you said a real, like, kind of like flippantly, I just invented this whole system, <laughs> um, invented a whole system of learning language. I just want to pause and okay. You just, I mean, you could casually put that out there, whatever. Just real casual. Um, I appreciate that pause actually, because you know, like, in my therapy sessions, y'all got to know about this. Some of the best therapists that I've had will do just that. They'll be like, do you realize what you just said here? I, again, the breath, the breath, right? The I want to grow up to be a person who breathes after periods. There we go. I'm going to double space breathe. Double even though sp- some oh, people yeah. don't believe in double spacing. <laughs> I'm not here. <laughs> breath only and breath only. That's really... That's the only way I can co-sign that. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Okay, continue. Yes. Yes. We did that, right? Then we were struggling with that mainly because I was so, like, I was still emotionally so bogged down with what I now know to be just very severe anxiety, right? Um, And also fighting this battle of, like, pleasing the parents. Because at this point in time, I was really young out of out of college you know and they just wanted me to be safe and secure with a regular nine to five and I just wanted to heed this call to not be put in the box right and um and then from there to speed it up because again this is a thesis I got into an accident I got mauled in the face by dog and that made me confront really two things one, that I couldn't afford a major health accident on my freelancer's salary. And two, that I was tired. I was tired, like capital letters. Mm. And, you know, anything freelancing, consulting, entrepreneurial, building a business, it requires all of you plus another set of you. Yeah. So there was just no way that I was going to go back to what I was doing. So I got a job in international uh, business development for technology firms. Um, It is both more important than it sounds and less important than it sounds. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) it is really, truly. And, and that came out of nowhere. Like I just got an email like from LinkedIn and they're like, Hey, do you want to work with us? This would be the salary. And I was like, you know, that's not the worst salary in the world, but it's, um, yeah, I was like, it's not the best salary in the world, but it's also not the worst. And I could just like, I could ease, mm-hmm. right? So we do that for a little while. And again, I hate it. I hate it. Like I hate it. 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 And so I ended up getting a business coach when I really needed to get a life coach at that point in time. <laughs> and some therapy. And 
So from there, I started coaching women who were launching businesses and doing business development because I was doing business and I've always had a knack for like opening up opportunities. That worked for a little while until it didn't work. Um, but I left my job doing that type of coaching. And then I went kind of tangentially to that into branding. So instead of helping people to open up business opportunities, helping people to tell better stories um, and identify themselves. Right. And I haven't even, I haven't even stopped talking about everything I've done. So I've now the audience knows, like I've done like a lot of things and I'm only 33. Right. And you know, how did I package it? You know, it was just a shit show for a while. You know what I mean? And, and in some ways it kind of still is, but if I look at, if I look at everything from the bigger picture, there were two common threads. One of it was emotional. One of them was emotional discord, right? So emotional discord leads to me like just getting by and kind of taking, taking what I got and patchworking it and making do with, you know, do with it. Right. But then the other thing, and I would have to add in a little bit more in the story for this to make sense is invention hmm. and, and artistry. Right. Um, and once you place both of those lenses on the story, things kind of start to make sense. Like, oh, you are all over the place because you are out of your mind. Oh, okay, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Or, oh, you are doing different things because you're an inventor and an inventor naturally is gonna be in a lot of different lanes because an inventor's playground is just the future and the future has yeah. a lot of art to it, right? So, so yeah. And I think if I had had the confidence to sit in either of those spaces, you know, the confidence to say, I've been a lot of places because emotionally I've been of many places and I've been a lot of places because I am an inventor at heart and that's just the name of the game. I think it really wouldn't be that difficult at all to describe who I am. Yeah. But it's my uneasiness with both of those terms, like the shame of the emotional distress Mm. And then kind of this feeling of, well, who are you to call yourself an inventor? Yeah. You, you, that, you know, that lack of confidence and that insecurity that's sitting there. And a, in my mind, a world that doesn't really understand an inventor. Like, what do you do? I'm an inventor. I feel like there's so many people who would react in so many different ways to me just yeah. saying that. But perhaps if I just took a breath afterwards, the breath. Just let them have their moments. It'll be all good. Yeah, I love, oh my gosh, so many good things in there. And I also love the last part about the breath because they get to fill in the space, right? So you're like, I'm an inventor. And there's space and they can, it's genius. Like, I just want you to know that. Like what you said is brilliant right there Thank and you. it's the mark I, I think of a true inventor like you're always inventing even in answering that question yeah you're right and that I really appreciate that reflection because I think that's the only way that I've survived is because I'm able I'm able to spin the story pretty quickly and so I can take one story and thread it with another one and make it make sense so even though it felt all over the place there were many times when I was able to externally tell the story in a way that worked for other people. It just didn't work fundamentally for me. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm eager to get out of the pattern of creating a story to appease or make happy other people, right? But then leaving my sense of self behind. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the kind of the other things that I've left out in terms of what I've done. So I do comedy, um, both comedic writing and stand up and storytelling. Um, and I have a myriad of other projects that I have started and quit and some that I'm like, I'm returning back to the language learning project. I'm re-upping a period project that I had, you know, um, a ton of, a, a gazillion books. I mean, literally I feel in my life, like one thing that I will say, I know that I am meant to be prolific. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm actually meant to be prolific. There are some people who are meant to work on one beautiful thing their whole life. And I know that I'm meant to churn. Like when I'm emotionally clear, I can just churn stuff, you know? But with the comedy, 
what led to me being able to package that and even say that was that I started working with a, a spiritual guide who was a psychic or is a psychic empathic medium. And she was just able to cut through and just tell me, mm. well, you know, you know, I, I asked, like, what am I here to do? And she, her specific answer was, um, well, the easiest path would be comedic writing, you know, but you brought a lot of bags in with you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, uh, you know, she also sat me down and this was this was a real moment for me. She sat me down and she was like, she would always say, can I be Frank and you be Deborah? <laughs> I like that. I love that. That is so good. And I said, yes. And um, she was like, you know, I've really seen better from you. I've seen better from you. She was like, ever since Spanish for Busy Humans, that's what the language learning stuff was called. She was like, you've been trying to prove to the world that you were creative, you know? And she was like, and you are creative, but your creativity doesn't come from just like this, like stereotypical sense of artistry. Your creativity mainly comes from the fact that you are an academic and an intellectual. And it's your brain that drives a lot of that, you know. And so she gave me the phrase, um, she was like, you're an intellectual creative. Hmm. And I could feel myself breathe when she said that. And and then she also confirmed, she was like, and you're, you're a visionary. That's, you know, those, those are kind of, those are your roles. And um, she was doing another session with me and what came out there around one of my projects was that of an artist, a human, an inventor, you know. And so I've come up with a title for myself. What is it? You'll be reading it in the podcast, but it is, I am the Director of Intellectual Creativity and Visionary Art, mm. heading out invention and comedic all of the things in all of the places. That is very cool. I love it. <laughs> and I can see it fit like it I could I could see you um like relax into that like it fits mm-hmm. also and I think that's the most important and I, I I think it also is connected to what you were saying earlier that most of this is an internal battle and you're trying to align that external with the internal instead of centering the external and what other people think and what they need your clarity is way more important and I, I can literally visually see that yeah so I have a little bit more to say on this I have a thesis I have a thesis Um, mixtape coming like multiple (laughs) books multiple mixtapes it's just a whole line it's a whole line it's a whole line side note I made my first playlist the other day it was lit on what I did I I made it for uh Joy's uh organization Paul yeah yeah um, and it only had three songs on it, but it was very good. And I don't remember all of what they were, but the last one was a piece with my Angelo speaking and singing. And it was just like, so good. Where can we find this? This will go in the show notes. Is it on Spotify or something? Apple? It is not on Spotify, but we can put it on Spotify. I've only recently embraced Spotify. I know okay. people. I know. So I'm going to put this on Spotify. Okay. So the people will can listen it. to it. We'll link it. Yes. The Paul playlist. Yes. The so Paul now you're playlist. a DJ. You're I, a curator. I, I, you're a music curator. I'm a music curator. It's just when did, it doesn't end with you. Like I. It, it really doesn't. Doesn't. You know? That's okay. I love it. <laughs> music curator. I'm not surprised. I do. I do know that at one point we cultivated a playlist of like ratchet book titles. And it was like the most ratchet. I will find that. I know it's in Google Drive somewhere. And we would have these check-ins while we were doing work. We were doing work together. And somebody would say something and you were like, you would be like, this goes on our playlist. Like we're going to have a series of books. It's like ratchet book, ratchet book series, the RBS. And yeah, they're all yeah. yeah, those are those are somewhere in the archives. I know they they're are. in the archives. I was trying to look it up, I couldn't find it. But they're in the archives. But I'll okay, here, here's the thing here's the thing that I wanted to say. Like I struggled with packaging this because I wanted I wanted people to know all parts of me and to get the entire picture of me. And it felt weird being like 
the weirdest it ever felt was saying, oh, I'm a Spanish teacher. And then people would be like, in public schools? And I'd be like, no, you know, I teach, you know, private lessons. And then leaving out the entire fact that I invented a language learning method. Because for a while, I didn't know how to say that. You know what I mean? And then it felt weird saying, oh, well, I work for XYZ company and I do, you know, I lead a business development team because then that completely ignores all of the things that I created. And I think one thing that has calmed me down just a little bit, and and I don't know whether this is like a Japanese way of being, I wish I knew. I hate referencing stuff from other cultures and not being able to be very specific about it. But anyway, it has to do with the art that you have in your home. Like you could own 300 pieces of art, but that doesn't mean that you have to display all of those pieces of art, you know. Um, and American culture tends to want to display all that we own. Whereas in this particular culture, and I think it was Japanese, like, you know, okay, so they might have some art they own, yeah, but they would only display percentage of that at any given time you know and when I started to think about that that concept of why do people need to know all of me like why is it so important for me to assert all of that it had to do with my own insecurities and myself like see me don't judge me by just that because I've got this over here like this franticness to want to paint a picture so big that they were like whoa they were impressed you know and it's just like Girl, bye. <laughs> you can see the window. You can see the window. Yeah. And I get to choose what you see. That's power, too. That's very powerful. The podcast intern will be doing the research. The researcher for the show will do the research. Um, yeah, I'll let them know. I'll, I'll just write a note right here. Yeah. Um, so speaking of bags, lots of bags that you brought to the table, lots of roles, all these things that you're sorting out. Can you just give us one example where you applied your knowledge or expertise from one area to another one and it was like seemingly unrelated, but it made sense? Can you give us some examples there? Yeah, absolutely. So first off, I want to say I'm not always applying knowledge and expertise. A lot of things are very intuitive for me and they're as a result of the scanning and the endless reading and the endless research, it's bits and pieces that I'm bringing from one thing. And then my mind is like constantly like doing a melting pot of all the things and then producing other stuff, right? But I think that um, the language learning there, looking at psychological principles around managing anxiety and then combining that with language learning has been very, 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 very interesting because once I did that and psychology wasn't kind of the only realm to look at the anxiety, there's a lot of Buddhist principles that also were, were very applicable, but it just helped me to create a totally different and much more real human conversation around the language learning, you know, and it even the whole idea of brain capacity and that your brain can only hold so much at any given time. And so when someone is shutting down, the question becomes what, what all is on their mind and on their soul? Like what, you know, what's really there and can we relieve any of that? Right. So, uh, you know, with the language learning, um, psychologically, what's sitting there is the culture of perfectionism around language learning and this worry of being judged and this worry of saying the wrong thing, right? And as well as kind of a school's methodology of saying that one word equals one word. And if you spell even one letter wrong, like you could get three out of four of the letters right. But if one letter is wrong, you're getting that big red X. Yeah. That conversation takes up a lot of brain space. So if you rewrite the rules, like one of my favorite phrases in Spanish for busy humans, because we're just trying to get people to talk. We're trying to get people to talk and be conversation, conversational. So I'll often say to them, if you say it and it's wrong, then it's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you say mm -hmm. it and it's wrong, then it's right. And mm -hmm. then I also tell them, if you didn't say it and it was right, 
then it's wrong. Oh, mm. And that, that, you know what I mean? And that flip, what it, what it does is it helps to mute the conversation um, from the, the psychology of needing to be perfect, which opens up brain capacity. And brain capacity is what is needed for conversation flow, in part, you know. So that's one example. That is so very cool. And I love your quotes. We'll have to make some memes of those. Um, I'm sure you might have them already. You may, you may already have that. I'll get the researcher on it. The researcher will get on it. You, you get the research on it. That's right. Get the researcher get on it. Um, when you think about all the things you've done, like what's been your favorite role or just something surprising that you learned from transitioning or being in one of the things that you did? Because I'm hearing a couple of questions. So what was my favorite role? Favorite role or just most surprising thing you learned? You can think about the actual role itself or as you transition, like as you move from one thing to the next. One thing to the next. I think the most surprising thing that I learned is I was transitioning into the work that I did with storytelling in the Radical Brand Lab. Um, was that the other people are only ever as clear as you are about your story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what was very interesting about the Radical Brand Lab and its birth, not that I was 100% clear, but I was really, really, really adamant about writing this book called Your Brand is Born. You know, so it, it just, it really wasn't much to, it wasn't much to fill in. It wasn't much to argue with. Like you could tell from the title, we're talking about branding where, you know, you're dealing with someone who's a little bit saucy, a little bit rude, but maybe it's talking about something that you might want to hear about. You know what I mean? And it broke through the conversation. And because I was clear on that one part, this one thing that I was creating and making, I didn't have to, I didn't, I didn't have to worry about all the other different stuff. Like my transition was writing the book of my transition, mm -hmm. which I have not finished. But that's a whole other story. That's a whole other coming. story. Coming, coming soon. Part two, okay. Part two, coming soon. But th I think that's that's the most surprising thing. Yeah. This is um. This question just came to me, so I I did not send this in advance, but I think okay. you are capable and able capable and able of answering. When you think about the fact that you've been able to do all of these things. Can you tell our listeners, like, what do you think it is about you? Or like when you were talking about purpose and what you're sent here to do, like, I know some folks, like you said, some folks like are sent to do one singular thing. Some people are sent to be prolific, but there's something getting in the way. Like, how have you been able to do all of these things? What is it about you? What have you cultivated? Is it something innate? Like, how have you been able to do all of these things? You know, amidst all of my emotional struggles, which is which are my 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 major blockers, right? There is something that balances out. I have a lot of hope and a lot of optimism, which I think is connected to being a futuristic kind of ideas person thinker. You kind of have to have a good deal of hope in order to play in the future space, you know. So, you know, I've encountered so many things that have torn me down where I've had to reboot and reinvent myself, right? And mainly the things that torn me down were me, you know, tearing me down from the inside, right? Um, but there was always that hope and there was always that optimism, you know? I think the other thing is the storytelling piece. I'm a very effective storyteller. And stories are one of the oldest weapons of humanity. You know, and stories can be a weapon of peace. Stories can be a weapon of violence. Stories can be um, a weapon of heart and magic. You know, they can, stories can be a weapon of doom. And gloom. They can, stories can really be whatever you paint them out to be, whatever energy you put, in, put into them. But there's no thing that you will do that doesn't require a story of some kind. Hmm. So that has been, especially in the beginning, especially in the beginning. So that's helped me mm. quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Well said. So many, Jeb. I'm just like, I'm 
I'm happy that you're on with me and that I have this recorded so that I can listen multiple times because I'm getting so much out of this myself. And there's a lot for me to just sit and let wash over me too. I'm like interviewing mode um, and I have to transition to my researcher intern mode because, you know, (laughs) it's me and then it's my researcher and then it's the podcast host. Um, So thank you for that. We're getting to the last question. And so um, there's this Les Brown quote, and it's talking about um, the graveyard being the richest place on the earth. And he says, it's here that you'll find all the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled, the books that were never written, the songs that were never sung, the inventions never shared, the cures that were never discovered, all because someone was afraid to take that first step, keep with the problem, or determined to carry out their dream. So in your opinion, in whatever makes sense to you, What's the most expensive piece of wisdom or advice that you don't want to take with you to the grave? And it can be expensive because of what you pay for it. It can be expensive because of the lesson you learned. Expensive in whatever way makes sense for you. But what's one piece that you just don't want to take with you to the grave? Okay. A lot of, there's a major narrative around people getting in tune with their gut and what their intuition, you know, is trying to tell them and how uh, how the world kind of seeks to separate you from that and that like the lesson is for you to get back to that. And it's true, it's true. But where it gets tricky is if you're not emotionally clear, you can neither listen to the world properly or to yourself properly. Mm. And so your feelings about a situation and your gut may or may not be giving you accurate information, right? So this narrative of, you know, what's my gut telling me? What is my intuition telling me? It really needs to say, what am I hearing given an emotionally clear space from my gut and my intuition, right? Because if you, if you go from a relatively emotionally clear gut space, yes, that's it. That's the way to navigate, right? But if you're going through a very emotionally unclear gut space, you're probably in survival. Um, you're probably just going towards what feels good. And I know there are a lot of narratives around getting people to go towards what feels good, but that's not always what is for us. You know, the two jobs that I hated the most, that felt the worst, but I wanted to leave every day had tremendous purpose for me. They were where, you know, I met some of the most important people in my life who if I hadn't had those people in my life, you talking about sure enough wouldn't have been able to do any of the things that I've done, you know? Um, and I have to give a big shout out to the spiritual guide that I've worked with because these last projects, I mean, I would not have been able to have clarity on any of those things if it hadn't been for her, you know? Um, but yeah, if, you, if you're going to deeply listen to your gut, make sure that you're listening to it through an emotionally clear space because just because something feels bad does not mean that it's wrong for you and just because something feels good does not mean that's right Hmm. expensive i'm telling you that's expensive i'm really glad you're not going to the grave with that yeah i'm so happy um thank you thank you so much um do you, before we talk about where folks can find you and all that stuff is there anything else you want to say or just anything that you're like working on that you're making that you want to tell folks um when they so that when they're listening they know um this is out there i think this is just the coolest conversation and i really i really appreciate the fact that you're holding it i don't i don't know if i realized that i needed to talk about this like i can feel a sense of relief in, in having talked about this it can be very confusing when there's so many parts to to your story, but you you really do just have to to own it, you know. I suppose so. So I'm thankful. What am I working on? So I am. This is a master year for me, and I've had a lot of failings. I mean, just big, big failings. But one thing that I'm determined to do is breathe. Um, and I'm also determined to eat better and I'm also determined to, uh, finally launch this language learning app. So, Woo! yeah, I'm very Wait, can excited we expect about that. It? 
Is there a that date? That's a great question. Um, so by December 22nd, actually, because that's my birthday. Birthday, yeah. That's okay. my birthday. That's right. And so, um, so yeah, those, those are the things, you know, I'm, I'm making and trying to be a better person at the same Very time. Cool. Well, we look forward to the app. We will be we will be tuned in on the 22nd. Like, when is it dropping? I hope there's an Android version so that I can also <laughs> use it. Don't make me use somebody else's work phone, okay? Um, and tell us where we can find you, like on the internet, on the interwebs. Where do you play? Where do you hang out? How can folks find you? Yeah, so, um... I am most active right now on Instagram, um, mainly in my Instagram stories. Um, and so my Insta is Jory Hay, uh, J-O-R-I-E-H-A-Y. Uh, one day I'll have a newsletter. Um, so you can find that at jordanhales.com. So that's J-O-R-D-A-N-H-A-Y-L-E-S.com. Very cool. That will go in the show notes. Researcher intern has made a note. Um, and then anything else before um, we end this conversation? Oh my God. Yes. I, I cut and opened a pomegranate today and it was an amazing experience. Ooh. Yeah. Juicy. I'm like, juicy. Juicy is all I can think of to describe that. Furthermore, I also had my first passion fruit um last week um and was taught to cut open the passion fruit spoon out the seeds and just dump all of it into your water mm. and just eat the seeds and the fruit as you're drinking okay delicious okay amazing okay so when i hear you say you want to eat better i also hear like i'm gonna be cooking and making and yeah. like you're inventing in the kitchen also so when, you when know, is that dropping so it's funny that you say that because one of the um, language learning products is called Language Shots. And the tagline of when we first did it, which the spiritual guy, she came up with the with that tagline. She knew me back in the day. And she said, uh, no tequila, no vodka, just language, one shot. Ooh. And so my dream was to actually have a machine that would create drinks as people were um, learning languages. It'll make sense at a later date. But um, the whole idea was that like like a shot, it was a small amount of time, but an intensive learning process. So you could do like 300 repetitions of your Spanish stuff in like 20 minutes, right? Mm. Um, yeah, and there is a food app on the way coming with a healthy eating. So I mean, there's, there are things. I'm just there are things. There are things to be had. I'm ready. Jordan, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I, I'm just in awe of you. I'm inspired by you. I'm really grateful that you sat down for this conversation. Um, and I hope to talk to you soon. Yay. Thank you, Stephanie. Y'all, I cannot even, didn't I tell you? You just know when you're in the presence of a genius. You know that feeling, that sense that you get from them? Even though this interview was virtual, I felt it. So far, this has been the hardest episode for me to choose just one take nothing when I die takeaway. But I did it, even though it was hard. It was very difficult, y'all. I'm serious. So my takeaway from this episode, it's been sitting with me since we had this conversation. When I asked Jordan what she wanted to be when she grows up, she responded, a human who breathes regularly before answering and is unbothered but still very much alive. And I felt like not only did that sum up her interview very well, it just sums up life in general. I just love that. It can become an affirmation for you or something to ascribe to. I just really appreciated her for sharing that. So if you like this episode, please make sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. As you follow or subscribe on your platform of choice, whether that's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Radio Public, Anchor FM, wherever you're listening, if you follow and subscribe, when the episodes come out, they will show up in your library. So you will get a notification and it'll show up in your feed. 
If you have time, I would love for you to rate and review the show. A couple of folks have already done that. So thank you so very much. These platforms, they have all kinds of algorithms and analytics, but basically they just want to know that you like hearing this and you want to keep it up. Please tell a friend or maybe five or 10, send them this episode if you feel like there's some gems that Jordan shared that will be really helpful for them in their lives. And you can also find us on social media. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter at T-N-W-I-D and on Instagram, it's all spelled out. Take nothing when I die. If you enjoyed this show, and you in particular want to see the visuals, right? Because I interview all of my guests over Zoom, so there is a video associated with it. And I did reference Jordan's beautiful earrings and exquisite lipstick. If you wanna see that, go on over to Patreon and subscribe. Not only will you get the visuals for the show, you'll also get more tidbits from me. You'll join a community of living ancestors who are uh, listening to the show. And if you have questions, comments, thoughts, that's the place to reach me. I actually create Patreon exclusive content for the folks who subscribe and you get the episodes first. So whereas everybody else is waiting for Wednesday, you can have access to the episodes first because you'll actually get the video. Right now I'm running a special offer. So depending on which tier you subscribe to, you'll actually get some time with me. And depending on the tier, you'll get to ask me questions and I will answer your questions through video. If you're just looking to donate one time to support my coaching or consulting work and producing this podcast, because it costs money, y'all, as I referenced, that research intern, uh, aka me, they have to get paid too. Uh, you can find me on PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App. And don't forget, there are show notes. There are a bunch of stuff that are always mentioned th throughout the episodes. If you want to check out some of those things, as well as more information about our conversation or Jordan, be sure to go to stephanieghostin.com slash T-N-W-I-D. So again, I'm signing off y'all until next time, until episode six, uh, I'm bringing you the Take Nothing When I Die podcast and leaving you with your reminder that you are a living ancestor. Take care and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>